Yeah. Yeah. Can I teach you a lesson? Can I teach you a lesson? Level line with the tweets. Follow me back to my nest. Level line with the podcast. Teach you lesson cause I got class. Level line with the impact. You be lying, that's a real fact. Come let me teach you a lesson. Can I teach you a lesson? Level line with the tweets. Follow me back to my nest. Welcome to the Lebo Lion podcast, the biggest marketing and entrepreneurship podcast on the African continent. Guys, today I am so excited for our guest because I've been wanting to interview this incredible woman for many, many years, and she's agreed to grace us with her presence on this podcast and share just a little bit of the amazeballsness. I'm going to call it amazeballsness because I've made up this word and I think it just suits her, her energy so well. She's going to share some of who she is, why she speaks the way she speaks, why she does what she does, and hopefully all of us can learn from it and take little nuggets that we put into our own lives to become bigger, better, happier versions of ourselves. Penny, welcome to the Level Line podcast. Thank you, Level. Thank you for having me. That's really lovely. And How the sweet of you, all these things you say. I'm good. They're true. These things are true. So what we do on this podcast is we ask guests to in, to introduce themselves. Oh. So please tell us, Penny, who is Penny Libyat? Oh, shucks. <laughs> well, my full name is Penelope uh, Libyani. Uh, shucks, I'm a South African girl born in um, what was called the Northern Province, which is currently Mpumalanga. But, you know, previously it was part of what is currently Limpopo. So those provinces sort of like um, are part of like my heritage and, and background. Um, and then I came to live in Soweto when I was like 13. So I'm a young at heart, um, enthusiastic, full of life, um, can do attitude kind of a girl. That's really who I am. It's very interesting that you didn't describe yourself based on your job or what you've done or your accolades why why don't you use them when you're introducing yourself because that's just the work that I do like like I have a personality before I got on radio like people say you're a radio personality I'm like yes I have a personality that's why I'm on radio yeah I'm not a personality because I am on radio so and and then I really also think I just would like people to like see me for who I am and meet me for the person that I am versus the work that I do or what they've read about me or, you know, all these things that have been formulated based on my work because that's not the sum total of who I am. I'm so much more. Mm, That's so true. I was watching an interview with you and Anele and she called you the original it girl. (laughs) And now we're living in an era of influencer marketing and many, many it girls in commas, would you still take that kind of title if you were the it girl today? If you were 19 and you were the it girl today, would you still adhere to that title? So I never really actually like fully owned being called an it girl. Mm-hmm. I really struggled with it uh, <laughs> because um, it's a it's a concept that at the time, you know, when I would read up um, on a lot of like international magazines, it girls were like these girls who come from rich families who really don't have careers mm. and then they just go to social events yeah. um, and then they are on the arms of like, you know, rich men or rich guys who 
probably either like actors or soccer players or whatever. And I was none of that. I was mm. a girl who was working on working on radio, who was, uh, you know, doing television work and who was writing for a newspaper, who went to social events because I was gathering content. Yes. And and so based on that, I just used to like reject that concept um, of being called an it girl. Mm. Uh, you know, was I fly? Of course. Are uh, you still you know, fly, by am the I way? Still fly? Yes, <laughs> I, I am. Was I? You know, no, I'm saying at the particular time yeah. because people used to because people didn't understand why was I called a fly one is because I really just I dressed up and I showed up mm-hmm. and then I I demystified the whole thing of like when you work on radio you must just show up in your pajamas I was a girl who wore my heels mm-hmm. I did my hair put on lipstick I really you know it was like I was going to work uh, you know it's just that it's not nine to five and there was no one monitoring what I looked like mm-hmm. except me and my mirror when I left home uh, well my mom every now and again because she'd be like you <laughs> What do you look like? Yeah. And obviously when I went on television, you know, and all of that. Mm. Um, so I think in today's terms, it's, it's, it's very different. You know, you're allowed to be multifaceted. You're allowed to be uh, diverse, uh, you know, but I just feel like I encompassed all of that and so much more. Who inspired you to do that? Like what motivated you to say, I'm going to put on makeup and look cute going to work when there wasn't a requirement to do that? You know, I think my mom was always that woman who just liked being, you know, being put together. So my mom was like a housewife and that's the thing that people don't understand. But yeah, but she's those mothers who went and did like a hair course and a beauty course. So even if, you know, she would be at home all the time, you know, you know, she had a regular runs of like going to town to do her shopping, but she was always put together, Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and then, you know, when I was in high school, you know, I was a bit of a tomboy and then I entered like some beauty pageants. So I had to like pick up a lot of things from her. You're a pageant so, queen. <laughs> no, again, no, that's the other just, thing. You just did Yeah, them. so I was, I, I'm always, I was always a girl who, who challenged like status quo. Ah. Like I went into beauty pageants to prove like this whole thing that you shouldn't be smart was like a dumb idea. Mm. So I was like, look, I'm not tall enough. Fine. Mm. You know, um, I'm not like skinny, you know, I'm a thick girl. Fine. But once I open my mouth, you will listen to me. Mm. <laughs> so, and I went like, I, I entered like my high school pageant and then I went to Miss Owit and that was it. So again, that's why I don't say I was like a beauty queen because I only entered two beauty patients. So that doesn't really qualify <laughs> me to like claim yeah. the entire thing. But can I talk about an experience of like what it's like to be a girl in those beauty pageants and what those experiences are and what they do to you and what kind of person you can become? Yes, I can because I have that experience from that, you know? Um, so I think she influenced me from that point of view, but I was a avid reader and, and a consumer of like media content television, radio, newspapers, magazines. So my mom, like, you know, there were constantly magazines in my house from like True Love to Drum Magazine to Tandy Magazine. My dad came back with a star newspaper and the Sowetan under his arm every day coming from work. So I would just literally consume uh, that type of content. And living in, in Pinville as a teenager, because I came to Soweto at like 13, meant that like the people that I would read about in the newspaper or see on television, some of them lived in my neighborhood. Oh, so okay. that kind of like gave me a a sense of like how the media world works, you know, Chibi magazine, the guy who lived back opposite of my house worked for, for dry magazine. And then in another section, there was a lady who was like an editor of drum, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, and then I would be hanging out in the streets. Then, you know, super hot sticks, Mabusa would pass by, wow. you know, sticks, in the thick of it, you know yeah. what I mean? And then this is like, literally I'm a teen. I just came to live in Soweto. So I'm seeing that kind of world. Mm. So by the time I got into, to radio, 
I went in with that attitude that you need to be visible, you need to be seen, you need to be presentable. But I was still like, you know, a teen. I mean, I got stopped by magazines in the streets. You know, I was one of those those people that they put in their street fashion section. Yeah, I was like that kind of, you know, I had a turban, you know. So I, I just had like a sense of personal style. Hectic. Yeah. I've always struggled to define my personal style. I feel like mine is pajamas or dressing pants. Oh, well, you can do that. This, kind, this pajama wear thing is quite a thing now. Right? Yeah, I, I'm really that. looking forward to that being a real, real thing because some of us just don't have the you effortless style that you today. have. I should have. I yeah. should have. Next time I'm going to do that. Yeah. But I mean, you talk about how you were surrounded by so many influences in the media space. Is that what got you into broadcasting? Because I know you've been doing it since you were 19. How did that happen? I think part of it uh, was that, and I was just like those very expressive, curious kids that, you know, when adults uh, had conversations with you, you had like a lot of questions to ask. So so even though I couldn't sort of like... um, articulate it and say, that's what I want to do. You know, I kind of like, you know, so I entered Miss Soweto because Radio Bop was like a sponsor. So I knew I would meet people from Radio Bop at the time. Please educate us. What is Radio Bop? So Radio Bop is like... it would be, it's, it's a precursor to, to like a Metro FM. So remember there was like, there was Maputo Tswana, Venda, the trans guy. So all of those TBV states had their own commercial stations to the equivalent of a Metro FM. Okay. So the, you know what I mean? So the likes of like Bob Mabena, Shero Twala, Tim Mudise, Zandilen Zalo came from Radio Bob. And then, so they could be from any parts, even Glenn Lewis, they could be from any parts of the country and they would go to the Puputatwana to go do radio there. Glenn did his radio in, in Venda. So now Metro FM uh, comes like years later, like in 1985, 1986. So then it's for the black population in the South African context. Remember those other um Places where it didn't belong to South Africa, they were independent states. Okay, before democracy. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. So, Getting so schooled. then, so then, Metro <laughs> FM becomes a black urban commercial station for the South African states, uh, and then there's you know Radio Zulu, which is Ukosi and all of that. Then. So the the urban black people who spoke English who did not listen to those African language stations listened to Metro FM. But Radio Bob was the precursor, was a cool one. And then 702 was there, but like on medium wave. So all these music DJs and all these cool, you know, young, you know, people. uh, I mean, they were not, they were young at the time. Most of they're like 25, 30, you know, in, you know, uh, they got, they were on, 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 on Metro FM. So I grew up listening to a bit of Radio Bob which is on medium wave. It was cooler. They had like a TV station, like a TV Bob, which is their own TV station. And you could get it, uh, you know, on free to air. And then, uh, then Metro FM, you know, was very serious. It was, it didn't have that coolness that Bob had. Really? So Radio Bob had people like Tish Mataz from Zimbabwe. Okay. You know, it had, you know, it had Zandi Lenzaro from Swaziland. So it was like an international kind of like an experience yeah. when you were listening. As much as it had people like Bendy Kobe, George Manyosi, you know, Bob Mabena eventually mm. got to join the lineup. So you kind of felt like cool international young people type of thing. Mm. You know, so I listened to that. So they were sponsoring Miss Soweto. And then I entered and I, you know, I used to listen to the station. You know, I was going to meet people from Radio Bob, like mm. my favorite DJs, <laughs> you know. Um, and and that for me kind of like gave me the confidence to think, I think I could do, I could get into this media 
thing because remember at that time you either had to be a teacher you had to be like a trained teacher mm-hmm. before you can get on radio Are you or serious? on TV yeah but why what was the point because people who were teachers could read and they could be able to stand in front of people and articulate themselves <laughs> wow. you couldn't just be a natural <laughs> i mean if you were you had to like go through the hoops to get the the job and then really? i mean obviously a lot of people did like some of the people who worked on radio like um i'm just trying to think of the names uh you know they were either like working on like toll gates or they were uh, cashiers somewhere so they just liked radio uh, like your grand chakwanis you know mm. they they were in the sp- they were in like other spaces that connected with radio i think he was in marketing in in some small agency as a translator and then they interacted with radio people and he was like i think i can get on radio yeah. so that's how people could get on uh. but the ultimate thing at the sabc are you a trained teacher are you a qualified teacher okay oh. yes and then that was like the the way to do it that's so interesting i really didn't know, <laughs> you didn't that. know that i did not know you that know, it wasn't like now you, you, know, you can, now you can be an influencer those yeah. were the influencers of the time those were the influ- <laughs> teachers were the influencers of the time yes, i think course. maybe we need to go back to yes, that they were. <laughs> because yeah, they some were. of the content yeah. is so shocking. i wasn't so i didn't get trained as a teacher so and and then i could i saw some beauty queens who were on television and i knew okay you needed to be presentable and beautiful and all of that mm. but i liked talk I wanted to be like Felicia Mouza Sattel and Oprah oh Winfrey. Oh my god. Yeah, those were my people. <laughs> so even when I got on radio, I didn't just want to be like a DJ. Like mm. I just didn't want to be known for the music. I wanted to know for like my opinions and what I thought and and what I thought and in my interactions and my curiosity. Yeah. But also because I was a young person, I wanted to represent a voice of like a y- young generation that was not on radio at the time. Ah, I love that. I feel like you're still that person, you know. You're always I'm driving something new. Yeah. You're always having conversations yeah, people yeah. are too scared to have. And you're also just I feel like for people who come from where you're coming from, you know, in the radio world, you're still pushing boundaries. You're still experimenting with a couple of new things. You're not afraid to collaborate with other people, you know, who are coming into the industry and I think that's very very cool. Yeah, I think that's probably like my unique selling point mm. is that i'm able to um sort of like unconsciously go into new spaces but obviously the older i've gotten i've started saying oh i don't know maybe i should so <laughs> i shouldn't you know like i'm just that person that you when people come to when a new idea comes up i can just jump i get it and i can just jump on it um but you know i've realized that uh, you know i have not been able to sort of like commercialize those things but i'm good at spotting new things and going with them and i just get it um because i don't overthink it i go with my heart and like the curiosity of um of uh the you know the curiosity of 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 youthfulness. You know when you're young, you're so curious, you want to do things. So you 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 don't have the you're not thinking about the risk, you're not thinking about who I need to impress, you're not thinking about what they're going to think of. You just want to do it. So that's the kind of like attitude that I I had about my broadcast career and and things. And but it was I was dealing with a lot of people who were traditionally the sense of doing things so i bumped a lot of heads um and 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 I, i got misinterpreted and misunderstood a lot and then i also spent a lot of time saying maybe i shouldn't do that i should just like do what others do but then i wouldn't be true to myself so like now now i just go 
I should be doing that. And I'm like, Ugh, no, let's other stats. Let's see what happens. <laughs> let them be pioneers. Yeah, let me, let me just do it. You know what I mean? Like I, I naturally have a pioneering spirit and I get it when people are trying to put an idea out. Mm. Uh, you know, um, I connect to, to, to the newness of things like that. Does it pay to be true to yourself? Mm, yes and no. You know, yes, if, you know, you are not obsessed with rents and cents, you know, uh, um, you know, no, if you are, if you think it's just about like check, you know, money in the bank, you know, you're going to upset the people who should write the check, but they're not going to come back to you when you, when the things that you upset them about is actually what's making them the check later. Mm. <laughs> I don't know what it means. Yes. I, I mean, I, I get what you're get saying. What I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's a yes, because you're true to yourself. There's no preconceived ideas. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. It's like, it's, you know, when I think, oh, okay, why sh-, you know, let me have my gay friend to come here on radio and talk about fashion. Uh, I'm not thinking about, oh, you know, I'm, putting the LGBTQI, I'm fighting the status quo. I just think my friend who's cool, who's in fashion, should be talking to me about fashion. I don't know if that makes sense. Makes sense. If I think, oh gosh, you know what? Actually, the journalist wrote a lot of crap. Let's put them on radio and ask them what, you know what I mean? Mm. But it's a thing now. (laughs) Everyone was like, why are you putting journalists on the radio? I mean, really, why? We don't want to hear. I'm like, no, but he wrote the article. I don't agree with the story. Let's Mm. put them on, you know? Um, but, you know, will there be big bull letters saying, and Penny pioneered that? <laughs> no, there isn't. <laughs> There's not going to be. There's not that. And no one is writing checks to say, yeah. you know, if it wasn't for Penny, for Penny. doing this, <laughs> you know. So it's very fulfilling. Um, but if also you're going to be caught up in people writing, you know, checks and thanking you at every award speech you're going to be unhappy because they're not going to do that Mm. (laughs) because also when you you were doing it you're not doing it with that in mind yes yeah it was like it's just it just came naturally and it was spontaneous and just like if if somebody comes to me and say oh i've got the song i think it's so cool or i went to a club and i you know to a local like a place and then artist is performing i don't know who they i'm like what's your name this is so cool oh my goodness do you have that can i go play it on the radio yeah I'm not thinking about, oh, okay, who are they signed to? You know, if I play them, how much do you need to pay them? I'm just thinking, they have a song. It's nice. They're talented. Somebody needs to hear them. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So now the program's manager is going to be like, oh, so you just put on artists. I'm like, yeah, but we are here to find new artists, mm. showcase, you know, and that's just that. And then after that, what happens to that artist is not really my responsibility. I just help them um, put them on a platform and, yeah. and showcase what they, you know. It's, that's really my, my approach. So then what's the difference between following your heart, being true to yourself and being intentional? It's a mix. It's a, it's a, it's, it's like they're interconnected. Okay. It's like you, you see, now we have words <laughs> to like label these things, yeah. you know? So when people say, you know, you gotta find what you love and do what you love. It's like peppers. I didn't know that when I was 17 and 18 and 21, when I got to Metro, I was just doing that. Mm. Then I, one day I heard, oh, that's peppers. Oh, that's the thing that I've been doing, Yeah, you know? And then be intentional. So I'm literally, I'm intentional on giving people a platform and, 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 and supporting people's grand new ideas. So 
I did it when I wasn't this Penny Lebiani. Mm. Like when I was on a community radio station, that's what I did. So it just comes naturally to me. And, and people come to me with like the newest things that they're doing, you know, and I just, and then I realized, oh, okay, I really just have to be intentional about um, receiving them giving them an opportunity, using the platforms that I have to put them on. And what happens to them after the fact has nothing to do with me. So I'm being intentional, mm. you know, but I didn't know that I was being intentional initially when I, when, I, when I started. So people always say, you know, oh, there's no content. I'm like, are you for real? There's so much. Are you, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. everything is content Everything to me, content. you know what I mean? Mm. So, so it's, and then it's like, they're like, okay, so, you know, you, you gotta have a plan of what you're going to talk about. What I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll have four ideas that I'm going to go with. But at the same time, and I was, and then, and I remember hearing Quincy Jones saying this in that documentary of his, he said, it's like when you're making music, you know, you must do like 80% of like the band and everybody else and whatever. You must always leave 20% for God to do what he wants to do. So oh. that's really what it is. It's like, I don't know what else could happen out of that moment. Like I could just bump into an artist who's going to be the biggest thing ever. Mm. But I just, all I did is I just allowed to be using that particular time, using the platforms that I have, the influence that I have, the access that I have. And it's like that with everything, even with social media. Sometimes you just, I just retweet something because I really resonate with that. Mm. The next thing, it's a big thing. Yeah. <laughs> I only played my part intentionally. I'm being true to myself. I'm not like saying, okay, now how can we make the next star? I don't know how to do that. Mm. <laughs> I really don't. I love that. Yeah. I like what you said about Quincy Jones, yeah. leaving that 20% to God. Yeah, he says like, leave room for, for, for the magic to happen. Because yes. he says, and whatever you decide what God is, it could be, you know, it could be the magic. It could be the energy of everybody coming together. It could mm. be our ancestors visiting. It could be an old artist. <laughs> it could be anything. Anything can happen in that 20, that 20 percent could yes. just make the magic. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Mm. But I want you to take us back a little bit. Yo, Your back. first day on radio. Take us back to what that <laughs> felt like. What were you talking about? Do you even remember? My first, first, first day Your on radio. First day, first show. So... So my first day on radio, I was not doing my own show. So what people also, but I mean, I, I think I do talk about it. So when I first went to to Voice of Soweto, um, I was officially sort of like a newsreader, a weekend newsreader. But that was not really my first radio experience. So that's like live as a newsreader. Um, so Soweto Community Radio, which is the precursor, um, to it's one of the community stations um so so when i do my radio story i like to tell it correctly okay. so it always sounds like it's long-winded so the iba which is ICASA, which is issues licenses so they were issuing community radio licenses so soweto community radio was one of the stations where young people could go to get training to get on radio but it was not live so they were mock broadcasting so i went to go do that training so that's like, I think I was in grade 11. Oh, yeah, I was in grade 11, just going to go to grade 12. So when they launched to go on air, I didn't work with them, but I did training with them, that whole mock broadcasting. Kabzela was there. You know, a lot of people know Kabzela. He worked at YFM at some point. And other guys, some of them are still there. Then the following year, I did my metric year. And then when I finished that, then there were other stations that Soweto got. So they got... So it's a community radio. They got Bua FM. 
Then they got Voice of Soweto. So Soweto Computer Radio was in Dube, which is like right in the heart of Soweto. Then Bua FM which was in Dobsonville. So Dobsonville was not really part of Soweto in the past. It was part oh, really? of Rodiport. Yes. Okay. Like <laughs> so historically, it's things like that. Yeah. So, so getting a history yeah, so, lesson. So yeah. Bua was part of of Rodiport. So mm. it would belong to the Rodiport municipality. Okay. Uh, you know, back then, but now it's like the whole one thing. Then, then there was another station called Voice of Soweto. So that was based in the city center at the Carlton Center, the tallest building oh, wow. in the continent back yeah. in the day, not yeah. now. <laughs> so that was like, so how they all differed is that Buo was very poetry, you know, yes, raga, okay. deep soul, sister, yeah. feel like sister kind of <laughs> life. Then Soweto, Soweto Community Radio was very Tzotzital, township, let's go, Skipanekasi, Ekse, you know, all of that. Okay. And then... Voice of Soweto was like, we all go to Banana Park. You know, our parents are like <laughs> teachers and lawyers. The private school. The private school. Radio. It was the kids who went to like Parktown Boys yes. and St. John's, depending on where your parents sat in the scale of the economics. Mm. And then in Soweto, those were the kids who were from Deep Cliff Extension. Yes. 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 Yeah. Like they were there from Deep Cliff Extension, <laughs> Beverly Hills. There were those kids. No, I and understand. And some of the kids from Pinville. So that's what people need to always understand how this whole thing was. Yeah. It you was. Know, I, ne- I never used to understand that because I grew up in Deep Cliff. Yes. And people would say, cheese girl. I'm like, yes. what are you talking yeah. about? You know, yeah. but now that you're explaining yes. it, I'm like, I get it. But also in Deep Cliff, people need to know that you're a cheese girl if you were from. Deep Cliff Extension. Yeah. Not the entire Deep Cliff. Oh, okay. Just like in Pinville. Yeah. Cheese Girl is Zone 7, Besta. Yeah. Pinville Zone 5, Selection Pub. Not all Zone 5. Okay. And not Sun Valley. Okay. There's a difference. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's all of, it's like you got to understand all of that, that yeah. context. But anyway, so, um, so I went to Voice of Soweto and then I was like, I want to get on. And then they were like, oh, Okay. Um, yeah, I come on Saturday for training. <laughs> so when I went on Saturday, I went to go tr- under the pretense I was going to get trained. But then they they sent me to fetch news. You needed to go to like a place to collect news. Uh, you know, and you run back to the station. You edit the bulletin. Wow. You know, and then I didn't know that I was actually going to read until where I went to collect the bulletin. The lady there said to me, okay, so this is how you pronounce names and this is how you break them down. Oh, yeah, you better run your bulletin is happening in the next 15 minutes. Wow. <laughs> so then I ran back to the station and then I did the Saturday morning bulletin at 9 a.m. And that was my very first time as a broadcaster, like on radio. Were you nervous? Mm, I think I was excited. When do you get nervous, Penny? Because ever since I have engaged with you, you're always calm. You're always like deeply rooted in yourself. It's Not like you know radio. yourself so well. Radio doesn't make me nervous. Okay. Television makes me nervous. Really? Yeah. Why? Because you're not in control. Mm. So you have to trust the director, the camera person, the mm-hmm. producer in your ear. You have to stick to the script. Some people don't like you to improvise. It just, it's a thing. It's too many, it's too controlled. You must not move your hands. It boxes you. So radio, I mean, you can wake me up literally like from my <laughs> sleep. Actually, once you put on a mic in front of me, I'll be, I can talk about it. On TV, now I need to think about, oh, where I need to look. Yes. You know, oh, what is this, you know. But I'm better now with it. I'm better now. So TV used to just terrify me. And especially when I started, because you had to work with a lot of, like, 
on set, there'll be a lot of white people, um, white men, white women, uh, and the black people who were there were pushing the same agenda. You got to pronounce things a certain way. You must tone down. Like they had too many things. Your yeah. hair mustn't be this way. And you just were always like, you know, I was always feeling like, I just, I'm not going to cut this whole thing. So radio doesn't make me nervous, actually. Radio is my high. Mm. Yeah, like radio, like literally, I lose it. Like I just go, when I'm on radio. Uh, but on TV, it's a whole different thing. I have to like find my rhythm and, you know, I you do know, get nervous. Like I'm really enjoying you as a guest. <laughs> so I'm also sitting here just like listening to you as you're telling me a story. Yeah, I tend um, to, I can be like that. <laughs> so you spoke about the industry and how white it was back in the day and how yeah. people didn't really have control over the narrative that was being portrayed. Yeah. Do you think the industry is still like that today? I think we've made some progress. Okay. But I think as South Africans, and it's not just a media thing, but we will... So I want people to realize that it's not only in media. Mm. Because once we think it's only in media, then we'll miss the bigger picture. Is that we have a tendency to forget what the bigger picture is. Mm-hmm. So... It cosmetically looks like there's a lot of change, mm. you know, but actually there isn't real change. I don't know if if that makes sense. Oh, it's like, it makes sense. It's like here and there. <laughs> it's like it's like here and there. I mean, you know, there's some spaces where we are totally in control of of the narrative, um, and you know, the spaces where we're not, and it's a lot of work, and and I think it's one of the things that we 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 struggle with as South Africans because as black people, we're a majority, okay? Um, And um, white people are a minority. But, you know, they still decide the budgets, like in terms of like television and advertising, radio. The money really comes from there. And they're trying to communicate messages to the majority of the black population. Uh, But uh, the concepts, you know, they have to be presented in English. So we constantly have to impress before we deliver i don't know if that that makes I sense i get it yeah so it. so so and we, we we you you almost like we also have to do a lot of like um what is it in in marketing is like you can't the concept you need to say you see this is how they did it there and this yes. is what it looks like <laughs> so like can we do it this way here yeah you can't just say this is what i'd like to do yeah because they're just like but what is that? Mm, there isn't freedom for There's new freedom ideas. There's freedom for new ideas, yeah. it, like fully, yeah. you know? Um, and then once an idea becomes um, trendy, we all go with it. Yes. So if you look at television, like right now we are doing a lot of emotainment. Everybody's going to look for black people's problems. <laughs> Gosh, I'm just like, really? Like, you know, and all the black women lead are problematic. Yeah. They, they all have they guns, all have guns. They, they do they drugs, do or drugs. They, no, they sell They're drugs. They're selling drugs. It's like, yeah. it's like okay, really? Mm. I really know a woman who's very happy in the township who doesn't do any of these things. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's like that's the narrative that's currently trending mm. now. And I also, for example, I struggle with uh, it being on radio and television. It's like you couldn't be, I couldn't be a, a, a pretty girl who is intelligent, mm. who's opinionated, who wears a weave, but who's cultured, who's from Bushburg Ridge. Like, so I used to be told, you're not really SABC one. Mm. Because I'm not, because I must get on TV and go, hey, welcome. Yeah. No, because I didn't 
I was just like, but I'm not like that. Yes. That's not how I speak. So, so then they'll be like, you're not, you're not fully SABC one, but you're, you know, you dress, but you're, not you're cool three. enough, but you're not SABC one. But yeah. you're not SABC three because your accent is not, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, wow. So that was my, that was my twenties career. Yes. You know, and I'm, I'm on Metro FM, but I'm not good enough for all of those. You are either this or that. You yes. must be either Brenda Fassi or... <laughs> Oh, no, or whatever. Yeah, and like it was like, like whoa and yeah. you know and then and then and then if you throw in other things you know then the, there'll be the colorism you must be really a dark chocolate black mm. girl or a light skin girl oh okay what must i do skin lighten <laughs> you know what i mean so all of those all of those things uh we we still struggle with that because mm. we we haven't we don't confront them for 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 for, for what they are we mm. we we just plus on top of another but I, I mean, there the, the are changes, you know, we're seeing a lot of um, black women and black people in, in management and advertising agencies. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's the people that I knew 15 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> but at least now they're like, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's, it's that kind of, it's kind of space. And all of those things, they influence each other. The mm-hmm. other thing that we suffer from is like, we always think what's happening in television is not the problem in radio. It's not the problem in sports. It's not the problem in advertising. It's the same thing. Yes. It's actually the same thing. Mm. We, we, we need, it's an ecosystem. It's an ecosystem. We're all under, you know, the same evil. Yeah. And, uh, but because we, 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 we also go there to, you know, fix it in little drips and drabs. Yeah. We, we, it just feels like we haven't made a lot of progress, but there is progress. I mean, the fact that there are these black owned production companies and, you know, you can go directly to some agencies and, and, and really pitch your ideas and be heard. Um, and you know, influencers are really paid, paid big money, (laughs) even if it's like a small group, (laughs) you know, uh, but, but also the, the sad thing is that, is that it's, the money is going there because the people who are signing the check resonate with this is cool. Yes. But that doesn't really speak to the entire population and mm. it doesn't really change uh, the the bigger issues that we actually need to address. So I always say to people, my sister lives in Pinville, uh, in Soweto. Um, if she doesn't know what I'm talking about, I'm not even going to ask my cousin who's in Bushbuck Ridge. So you guys are BSing us. Yes, absolutely. There's a lot of stereotyping of what the black audience audience and market market are. And I think you're right. And and it gives me shivers, actually, because that's something I'm fighting for now in the marketing industry today. (laughs) You know, we're still telling clients, but there are so many different kinds of black people. They live in different places. All the places are different. I'm a black woman, but I can't give you strategies for all black women because I don't know some of their lived experiences. We're multifaceted and we multi-layered mm. and i think we we also just um and that's what i struggled with again you know i didn't have the words to articulate it like this because i couldn't be boxed mm. and, and 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 then people wanted me to fit into a box so mm. so it was like you're an it girl and i was like uh but i'm not <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> you know i mean yes <laughs> you know i go to social events and this but mm. you know i you know engage in content i talk the business of fashion. I'm more than just that. And it was mm. like, no, but you're just an it girl, Penny. You're just an it girl on radio. You're making a lot of noise. I'm like, yeah. uh, but I'm not, <laughs> you know, and, and, and there was no room for that. Mm. Um, so we, we, we just, we are using the template of the previous dispensation, even in the way we do things now. Mm-hmm. And we, 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 
we, we don't understand why it's not giving us the results that like our, our counterparts are. I mean, you know, say what you may, Nigerians are authentic in everything that they do. Mm-hmm. When they're bad, they're bad, but they're still true to themselves. Mm. So now we're wishy-washy. Mm-hmm. We have no... Do you know what I mean? When they're good, like you, you just don't, you you can distinguish that that's Nigerian creativity, mm. and you can see it in their music, in their fashion. And I'll use them because they've got I, a clear brand. They've got a clear brand. They have you a know, clear it's brand. just like it's like Black Americans. Black Americans are committed to their history and their story, um, and in the struggle of being minority in the U.S. Mm. We forget that. We forget that we're a majority. We carry on like. You know, we forget that we're a majority that doesn't have the real power. Mm. So, so, so when you sit there as label, you 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 forget that there's an entire population whose values and dreams and aspirations you must carry. You're like, no, but you know, this is my story for now. Mm. And it's then just when me. You, and then when you're out, we have nothing to show. Mm. Yo. And then the next person must start afresh. You're hitting on so many things. Yeah, so so that's, many that's things. Like a, that's like our thing. Would you call yourself an activist? I also struggled with calling myself that. I hate labels. Yeah. Like that's, I think, and you know, now that I'm older, I'm able to say those things because I struggle with being called an activist, mm. an it girl, a celebrity, a feminist. Like now, but now I'm accepting all of those things. I'm like, yeah. yes, I am. Yeah. I'm an it girl. I'm a feminist. I'm, <laughs> I'm an all activist. Of it. I'm all of it. So, but now listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, I think... Um, I've always been conscious and I think it's because of the story of my life, of how I grew up. You mm. know, I literally come from Bushback Ridge. My Bushback Ridge in, it's just outside of Nelspreet. It's no way important. And then I grew up in Pinville. My dad worked for a nail manufacturing company. My mom, as I said, was a housewife. Mm. Uh, I literally had to like fight to be heard, be yes. seen and, and do the things that I do. But I wasn't conscious of what I was doing that I'm fighting. Yes. So only when I got resistance and I was, people were threatened or labeled, did I realize, oh, this thing that I'm doing is, you know, mm. then I kind of like, like, no, I don't want to be called an activist. No, mm. I don't want to be, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But because I had no control of it, you, mm. you know, you, you, you relied on what the mag- magazines will write about you, what the newspapers will write about you. You know, and you had to fight to keep a job on radio and all of that. But now with with social media, I can somehow, you know, influence my narrative the way I want. You know, I can say what I want the way I want to say it. Mm. And if you don't like what I'm saying, I've said it. It's there. It's on record. And if you want me to explain it, we can engage on it. And if I don't want to engage with you, I don't want to. Mm. You know, it's not going to be that's what Penny is and it's a headline and it's done and she must live with that. And the more I try to say I'm not that, the more Lebu's going to think, <laughs> she's trying to defend herself. Yes. Yeah. So I think I'm all of those things. I'm so much more. I agree with you. And I think for me, one of the moments where I stood up and I was clapping for you was when you were on Cheeky Palette. Oh, <laughs> Cheeky One of my Palette. favorite episodes <laughs> I have recorded. I played all the time in my stories for my uh, followers because I just think that was a legendary statement that you made. Tell us about that. What happened there? I don't know what happened. I think that 20% thing of Quincy Jones happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it happened to me. I, I think when we have conversations 
about social issues that are really affecting our people every day, we need to be truthful about it. Even if we are who we are, you know, we can't be Penny Libiani, um, what, what is, what are people going to think about me after this interview? You know, um, uh, you know, uh, is, is the producer going to be impressed? You know, is, is, is the presenter going to like me or not like me? Um, and can I just, you know, tiptoe around the issue and not make everybody uncomfortable? You know, I really believe in, I'd rather be truthful and air, like make an error, than lie and make TV look cute. I don't know if that makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. So I just felt like the tone and the approach <laughs> to the conversation was making light of a very serious issue that we were battling with in our country. And I just felt like people should be informed and interested enough to have a conversation about that, especially when it affects people's life, lives, not to like make light of it like mm. yeah but i mean what's this me too thing that you guys are doing it's not a thing hey hey people's mm. mothers have had to sleep with people to keep jobs yes and but before they were even mothers people's children have to do that mm-hmm. and and you know we all have choices uh but they do that under duress to get into careers and keep careers and they have to do certain things to maintain that you're actually messing with people's gifts and spirits and and it's just like a minor thing mm. no it's not a minor thing and uh, and also i grew up in the township you know i have two brothers a father i grew up with boys around me who some would steal cars. Some came from rich families. Mm. You know, I went into clubs as a, as a as a teen. You know, and as a young woman, I've been in this town. I know what <laughs> men of this town get up to. Yes, you know, <laughs> and how they speak to you, and how when you respond in a certain way, you 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 got treated a particular way. Mm-hmm. I didn't read it in a movie. Yeah. It's not a it's not an American concept for me. It's not a foreign concept. I lived it. I walked the streets. I know what it's like for people to say, when I'm a Vetana Ozala. Yeah. I didn't read about it in the newspaper. You know, I know I know what, what it's like for a guy to just hold you ransom for thirty minutes an hour and your hand is on your back. Okay, that guy might have not slapped me, he might not have raped me, but he violated me. Mm. Are you telling me that all these guys are saying what they've never violated anyone? <laughs> Knowingly or unknowingly. Mm. And all I'm saying is, come on, guys. Don't you think if you say, yo, now that we know better, we realize that we've contributed to this behavior. And I don't think I'm saying that when you do that, everybody should be arrested and will go to the high court. I mean, that's not possible because criminal justice doesn't work like that. And if you're going to be sitting there and we're going to have that conversation, those are the things that you should factor in that some of the things that we're talking about, we're not asking for the criminal justice to arrest people and put them in jail. We're actually saying, can we reason with each other to say we have been harmful towards each other? Okay. 
if that registers to ancestors, we are okay. Mm. If that registers to the universe, we are okay. Mm. If that registers to someone who's been violated, who never knew what they could do, they will get some closure and some sense of healing. Since we are sitting in this platform and we have an opportunity to have a conversation, that will get people thinking. Mm. Can, can we not lie and say, oh, I mean, really, you're just being emotional. <laughs> Penny, you know, not all men are trash. I said, yes, we didn't say that. Mm. We said men are trash. Yes. It's English. If we were writing an essay in school, <laughs> you wouldn't say, or if you wrote all, the teacher would say, no, nah, no, nah, we never said all. <laughs> it's a fail. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. And yeah, and I think, I think I, I realized that I also get, I got burdened by a lot of like things. Like I, I care too much. Like I, so I, I also take the fact that when I sit on the microphone, I gotta try, I gotta like have a conversation that's going to be real and authentic. That's empowering. That's going to get someone thinking, you know, but if anything else, uh, that can shift something in your mind. And if we can't do that, why do I have the mic? I don't want to have it. And I don't want to be part of like, those type of conversations where we're just feeling in time. Oh, yeah, the show is 30 minutes. No, I can't. It needs to be deeper than that. Yeah, it needs to be real because, yeah. you know, also we've abused words. You know, once people say it must be deep, it must be real, people think that, oh, we must just go find things. <laughs> no, it must be based on lived field experience. It's a yes. lived experience. Yeah. And I also, and also, you know, I bring myself to a conversation because my I I can't sit there and lie or make people comfortable when I know that there's people who have less access to the information that I have. Mm. Yeah, one of the things I say is like, don't lie to the kids mm. because when they're older, they're going to come back to you mm. and you would have done more harm. Yes. So you speak about speaking your truth, you know, and being authentic. And in the context of an industry that's really resisting that kind of existence, how has your mental health coped <laughs> with this? <laughs> you know, I, my, how has my mental health coped with, with this? Uh, you know, shucks. I don't think if I approached life the way that I did and I've had, had the experiences that I've had, I would be coping. So because I had an experience with anxiety and depression after I had my son like 16, 15 years ago, mm. I put my life and time to like dedicating to like bring, being an advocate for mental health conversations. So when we are here now, when we are having these kind of experiences, like I have tools and resources of how to cope that I have been using for like years. Like in hindsight, I'm like, oh, if I didn't experience all of, all of this, um, I don't think I would be able to like manage in the times like this because mm -hmm. I would be so overwhelmed. Uh, but now I understand that being overwhelmed is a natural feeling. You need to get overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. you, you know that being afraid is it's a natural thing. You just need to understand what brings about that fear so i'm not afraid of like my emotions and my experiences like it was previously where i would have to like learn how to to hide and pretend and all of that so i kind of look at like my 
anxiety and depression experience is sort of like a blessing in disguise and sort of like uh, something that was preparing me for me to be able to have these difficult conversations. Um, and and now again, there's words that I can I can describe. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a full on empath. I feel it. Yes. So if I'm going to be sitting there and you're saying something sickening, I literally feel it. <laughs> so I literally feel sick in my body and I'm like, oh, this is sickening. But then I can be able to like um, explain it to myself and make sense of it and say, okay, this is what I need to do. I need to breathe. You know, I need to calm down. I need to, you know, gather my thoughts and I need to say it this way so I can get there. Um, and again, when I started talking about mental health, nobody wanted to hear it. Mm-hmm. They were like, what is she talking about? Oh, Penny just likes attention. Goodness me. Mm. Why is she telling us, uh, you know, how these things, we don't want to know. I mean, really, <laughs> these things must just be private, mm. you know? And, and again, all of that came from reading up on like things internationally, how, people who are in the public life use their influence and platforms that they have and how they they take a stand against, you know, um, things like, come on, you know, the when you're famous internationally, the media runs amok with your life. I mean, everybody's like, oh, we are standing with Meghan Merkel now. Are you telling, people were crying 20 years ago and saying, no ways, the media can't, you know, you know, and in her case, at least she's a princess. Mm. I mean, really, I just got on radio. Why must I be harassed? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So one of my favorite lines is like, they don't pay me enough to be harassed by like new Sunday newspapers. Mm. I don't make enough money in this country to be harassed by any journalists. Mm. No. And I was saying that back then. For what? Ha-ha. I must be harassed by journalists because I'm on radio and TV. Are you crying? Well, you have a job. I have a job. Really, just like, honestly, this is disrespectful. Mm. And... Remember, that was a time of people like Princess Diana and everybody else. So, Tina, we were supposed to do what? Read the media and see Americans and British and Australians complaining. And when you must allow it because you want to be famous. No, I don't want to be. And, 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 and those are the kind of things. So when I made links of like how that affected me um, and how, you know, those experiences brought about anxiety and, and depression. And I, I mean, I, I said earlier on how like TV used to make me nervous. Mm. But uh, Lord and behold, Penny, you are nervous by being on TV. Yes, what was making me nervous is someone is screaming in my ear. <laughs> Don't say her, say her. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. when you're reading the script there, you're thinking this one is going to say this is not good enough. But And then I realized why people would be on TV shouting and saying, because oh, you couldn't hear what they were saying. Because mm. obviously they didn't want anybody judging them. But now I'm thinking I want to get through, I want to make sense of what I'm saying. Uh, wouldn't that make me nervous and make me anxious? Mm. It would. You know, Naomi Osaka was talking about, I just don't want to be asked 50,000 qu- questions. Can I just play tennis? Yeah. Can I have boundaries? Can I just have boundaries? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Can I and, just Yeah, be? and, and it's, those ki- it's those kind of things. So I think now, um, I'm grateful that I had that experience in hindsight because one, it gave me the courage to speak about it, but it also... Uh, it, by doing so, it, 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 I was able to give other people the courage to do that. Again, they're not going to come and say, and then Penny said in 20, <laughs> 2007, and then Penny said, and then Penny said, because I said it. <laughs> you know, I just said, this is ridiculous. Like, honestly, we can't be harassed by journalists. No, thanks. It's not worth it. 
I was watching an interview of yours and you were saying that women give men too much credit. Yes, they do. Tell me more about that. Because we're socialized like this. <laughs> <laughs> because we were socialized like that. We were socialized to just fuss around them. I mean, I grew up around a lot of boys, you know, working in radio. I mean, I just used to say, if I did half of the things that you guys do to these girls, I would be called all sorts of ridiculous things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then I just used to go, okay, just give me the same slots that you give them and pay me the same money that you pay them. All the other stuff, I'm not interested. Yes. I mean, people would not pitch for work. They would be drunk. They would take, uh, you know, corporate cars. They would sleep with every, with girls in every town that we went to. You know, they would drag girls. They would do all of that. Mm -hmm. Did you read about it? No. No. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Mm. So then when we, and then when you, and when we date them and then you're like in the media and then they like, your your existence your your existence before you dated that guy disappears. Yep. And then you're you're nothing else if you're after the guy. Mm. Oh wow! So I had no life, no identity, no career before I met this guy. Mm -hmm. And suddenly now that I'm not with this guy anymore, everything about me doesn't matter. My intelligence has died. Um, my beauty has Did died. Did you have intelligence you, though? You know, because you're a woman. Because this is the other thing, so. you're not supposed to have it. And then, and then, but also, it's not just men who are doing that. It's other women. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, Penny, how could you not, not keep the guy? I'm like, are you kidding me? He was not worth keeping. Exactly. <gasps> it's your fault. <laughs> Listen to you, how you talk like. And you know what I mean? And, and it was older women as well, you know, who were saying that. And then you, so you felt like a freak. And I just can't stand it when... Okay, when you're hanging around with guys, they're not discussing us. They're talking about soccer. They're talking about their cars. They're talking about, yo, Joe, this, what, their lives. Tina, yo, this guy, this. And so I couldn't keep, like, a clique of girls. Like, yes. Like, I'm, I'm a, I found a new word. They said I'm a popular loner. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so I'm friends with people who have, like, five of their friends or they're like all clicks, but I'm your friend mm. and my boundaries are clear. You're my friend. Mm. You are my friend. So this one can't dictate to me or you must jolly this guy. You know that whole thing of high school that people decide who you must date because this guy is good for you. Mm -hmm. I was just never good at those things. So, and then doing the job that I did because I had to be at work at 12 midnight who of my friends are hanging out with me at 12 midnight? So I became about my work. Then I also just hang out with a lot of guys. And then I just used to watch them. And, and then I'll be listening to the women who are fussing about the guy. I'm like, what a useless guy you are fussing about. <laughs> like, I really don't understand. Like, I don't understand what the fuss is about this yeah. guy. You know, I remember, like, I probably was, like, 22 or 23 at Metro, working with people who were, like, 28, 30, 35. I'll be like, please don't introduce me to any of your girlfriends. Mm. Because next week you're going to introduce me. To, and then I, I, I honestly, I can't remember everybody. And I can't do this thing that I'm a smile with everyone. Yeah. It's just a, it's like a lot of work. And then also once you've introduced me, it's like, this is your wife. Don't even look my way if you're with a girl. That girl must never call my name. Mm -hmm. So, so, so someone will say to me, oh, but I mean, Penny, you know, you must just, why are you difficult? Look the other way. I was like, oh, so this is how you treat people and then I'm as allowed to be treated like this. Mm. No, but we do. So with all of those things that I'm saying is that we would be 
trying to like psychoanalyze this guy and and it's about us and we're trying to find commonality and whatever. Yo, uh-uh. You give them too much attention. I mean, I tell my daughter that she's 12. Yeah. Like her brother would like wind her up, you know. Uh, maybe it's because my brother never did that to me. So I just never understood. Like her brother would like take her thing and put it and then she's crying. And I'm like, oh, gosh, why are you letting this guy get to you? Mm. <laughs> like, don't let him get to you. Uh, you know, because once you give him the leeway, this is you. Every time you're going to be like, oh, Tegunda, oh, this. And then Shem, you can now just talk. You must imagine I've been saying this to her. Maybe she was like six. Mm. I'd be like, oh, don't let him make you cry. See, he's making you cry. All the other guys are going to make you cry. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's just that. We just socialize that way. We just socialize to, I don't know. We, we fuss around them. A lot of people are not going to be happy with this opinion right. <laughs> that you are. just shared. I don't th- I'm not saying that we shouldn't care about them, mm. but I just think we, we give them a lot of priority. And, you know, and in that context of what you were talking about, it was two successful women in their own right who were mm. fussing about two guys who were not worth it. Yes. Them. Especially if you have a public career, public, public profile, your identity is your identity. Mm. And I think that's what people don't like to hear. They don't like to hear that if we're both famous and I'm dating you, you have your own fame, I have mine. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why we need to be like apologetic about that. Yes. I had it before you, I have it now. And if anything happens after, I'm going to have it after. Mm-hmm. It's not uh, arrogance or what, it's a fact. Mm-hmm. Because that's just how it is. So if we're going to use fame as an example, but trust you me, even if we're not famous, it's the same thing. Yes. You are Lebohang mm. with your own family and your own identity before you meet the guy. Mm. After you meet, you break up. Yes, it's going to be hurtful and all of that stuff. But is your name going to change? Mm. No. Are you going to be a whole new person? I mean, yes, you're a bit of, a, of an experience, but you're not, even your ID number is not going to change. Yeah. So why do we, and I think, as much as we want to dismantle the bigger things like patriarchy and all of that, also we just seek too much of their approval. Men don't seek our approval on anything. You know, if a guy wants to buy an X5, even if we have no food in this house and he wants an X5, he's going he's to gonna buy it. He's going to buy it. <laughs> Where now? You're going to consult everybody. How much food do we have in the house? You know, should we buy this X5 or not? Oh, Lord, what are we going to eat for the next six weeks? The guy's going to buy the X5, come home and say, I bought an X5, guys. Do you want to go for a spin? Mm. And you are losing your mind. You're like, we don't have food. We, the We're guy, in debt. He, he puts himself <laughs> first. first. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. He does. He puts, he puts himself first. And yes, we are wired differently. But if we want the world to be different from what we have experienced, we can't keep doing the same thing and expecting different results. Absolutely. I don't know if that makes sense. Abs- you've been making sense this whole time in the yeah, podcast. Yeah, because I, you know, and then you know all those kind of things. Sometimes I never want to say that. Like I yeah. remember when I said that, oh, people were very upset. And I was like, 
But I'm not meaning I don't love the girls. You're not getting it. Then mm. they want to make it like, oh, you're jealous of the girls. I'm like, no, I'm saying you're better than this. Don't yes. talk about them. Imagine if we just had a conversation, if those girls had a conversation and never they spoke about those guys. They never said their names. Mm. Those guys would be pissed. They should be. Absolutely. <laughs> because guys can do interviews and not talk about you. Mm. Or deny your existence. They're like, I have no opinion. I just friends. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Runa, we can't. Oh, you know. Uh, <laughs> He's the love of my <laughs> life. He's <laughs> mine. You know, that's actually a model that I've been using. So people don't know my personal life. Am I gay? Am I? It doesn't matter, you yeah. know, because I feel like my identity needs to come from myself. If you like Lebu, it's because she says this and she does this. It's not because she's dating someone or has these famous friends, you know. I feel like it has to come from the yeah. value you give. And people don't like that. They don't like it when you have those kind of boundaries. Mm. They, it's like, it's like there's a blueprint that we must all follow. And then if you question this blueprint, you're like, who came up with this? They have a problem with it. You know what I mean? Um, and also, you know, in my experience, I've said to people, look, the one time I spoke about someone, these were the circumstances. If anybody comes to me and says, should I make my relationship public? I'm like, yo, sweetie, don't do that crap. <laughs> like, just don't do it. Like, like, just don't do it. It's not worth it. Mm. Like, it's just not worth it. Yeah. You know? Okay. If you want to wake up tomorrow holding hands, that's fine. Hold hands. That's okay. But don't be like, oh, yeah. Break it down, break it down. No, it's a lot. You know, there's no, there's no rule that says you must do that. And after that, we are done. I'm not mentioning nobody. Mm. If you are my, I read today, Dolly Parton has a husband. Do you really? Know yeah. <laughs> I saw it on Twitter. I was no like, bad. Dolly Parton has a husband. Who is? That's it? so funny, actually. <laughs> yeah. And it was like they say there's like seven pictures of Dolly Parton's husband. A mm. whole. Dolly Parton. Huh? And he's Dolly Parton's husband. husband. We don't know his name. We don't know his name. We don't have to know it. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Look, look, I'm not saying that those who want people to be seen with their husbands, they mustn't. I'm happy for them. Mm. I just don't want that responsibility. It's too much work. I don't want mm. to be... And men are a lot. Why did you tweet that? Mm. <laughs> I mean, really? I was listening to you on the radio, Penny. Why did you say that? And I'm like, ah, 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 ah. I can't explain that. Mm. So if you're coming into my life. That's you're coming how, into yeah, my life. You're coming into my life. Yeah. I don't want to feel like I have to explain myself 50,000. Yeah, we can talk about it, you know. But let's not make it like the thing that I, I suddenly now can't have an opinion because my boyfriend is famous. Imagine. If there's... A woman out there who's watching this podcast or vlogcast and they feel stuck in a system that they feel like they can't speak their way out of or do anything out of, what advice would you give them? If they're feeling stuck. I mean, I get DMs from people all the time saying, I have these ideas, but I'm afraid to tell my boss because he is a man or it's a woman who would fire me if I did X, Y, Z or I have ideas, but I'm afraid to share because I might get fired, you know? What do you say to women when they're in those situations? I think you just start as, as small with like, as, like start small. Because I think what always overwhelms us is how can my, I, this big 
big this idea that I have be grand and I put it in it be like this and everybody sees it. Uh, we 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 get caught up in the end results. We we are afraid of like starting with a small thing and it doesn't work. And then we try again. Um, we want like big bang. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, we want like it must be big and grand. So you want the boss you to come and present this grand idea, and they must buy the idea, sign it off, and let you be the leader of the project. Not going to work with that. Mm. So you can start with us the smallest form of that concept. You know, let's say there's a ten point to the idea. Mm. If you contributed one point to the bigger idea. You've done something mm. because if you're gonna look at like all the ten touch point, all the ten points are my idea, uh, and the boss is not gonna accept it. But if you presented one idea that contributes to the ten point, you have your idea in the in the ten point. Mm. So I think that's the thing that that holds us back. So it's the same thing with like um, finding your voice or, or or expressing yourself about things. Look, I'm not going to be able to change the sexual act law of this country, but I can talk about that when a guy hollers at you and you're uncomfortable, it's a no. Mm. The law hasn't changed, but the girl who had that is like, no. I heard it from Queen Latifah. <laughs> I just said, no, it's not happening. <laughs> there was no law. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's like that. But look where we are now. Now we are talking about it. You know what I mean? We, we, we were never, we were, people were saying, oh, you know, you can't talk about, um, um, you know, emotional experiences as, a, as a, some form of abuse. Hey, the UN says now psychological abuse is abuse. So when we talk psychology, what are we talking about? Emotion, people withholding love from you, you know, mistreating you, lying. You know, all of those things build up to, do you know what I mean? Mm. So now it's, it's that. But we were not there. 10, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. So once we, we, we let go of the idea of things changing now here, and I think that's, that's like one of the biggest frustrations that we also have um, as, as South Africa, you know, like things are changing here and there, remember? But we, we don't see ourselves as a collective changing the things, you know? We, because obviously, because of our history, we mm-hmm. are very segmented in, in how we approach. Like, some people, when you'd say the media, they think you're just talking about radio or newspapers. They don't realize that advertising is in there. Social media is in there. New media is in there. Community media is in there. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So we need to, to, to see that, yes, there's the big problem, but there's only small me here. What is my small contribution that I can make to changing that. And then if you do something small and someone else, do you see that we are collectively, you know, making um, the change? And I think that's the thing that holds us back mm. because that fear, that fear comes from that. Uh, you, you, wanna, you want to change the big thing, but you know the resistance that you're going to, to, to come across. And the other thing that we really also struggle with is we think that I'll wait until... I'm in a powerful position to make change. Mm. Integrity and 
the power you have to influence something is not about how powerful you are at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's when you think you're not powerful when you're actually the most powerful. And, and that, uh, I use that when I talk about, like, some of the stuff that we talk about, about um, sexual exploitation in the entertainment industry and all of that. People think that people take advantage of them because they are powerless when they're starting out. That's when they have the most power. Mm. Like, that's really what I want to say to everyone. is like, when you have got nothing to lose and you're starting out, that's when you're the mo- most powerful. Because once you sleep with that person to give you that job, you have to sleep with them to maintain it. Mm-hmm. And somebody else who comes, you're going to have to sleep with them. But you see, you're becoming more famous. Mm-hmm. But you couldn't, But the power that's been taken is that when you're powerful, which is what we experience now, when you're so powerful and you're so influential, you can't talk about sexual abuse because mm-hmm. you're afraid of the people that you slept with. And the media who's going to talk about you doing it. <laughs> so, Do you see yeah. how you don't have power? Yeah. You don't. Yeah. But you know when you had power? is when you could have said no to the person in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And you, there's no shortcuts. That's what they mean. Yes. Because now you have the power. You can't use the power that you have. Mm. What is the point of the power that you have? Yes. But if you are courageous enough, you can actually say, just like the guy who can say, I never slept anyone. I never raped anyone. But I grew up watching this and I did nothing. Um, I actually feel that I want to be part of like changing how this is. Remember that guy that I said would hold my hand. He didn't rape mm. me, mm. but he violated me. Yes. So the same thing with, with this lady. She can say, you know, I didn't know better when I was starting out, but I got taken advantage of this. And then I realized how that has cost me now. Mm. But people are afraid to do that mm-hmm. because they're afraid of the people who they know will come out and say, when I don't talk, you, you, you. And you can't talk. And you, you what know, are you going to say? What are you going to say? Yeah. So you can take your power back. But it's, unfortunately, there's a prize somehow. Mm. You just got to be willing to, um, you know, to, to work with it. Unfortunately, the biggest prize that we're all concerned about is how much money is in the bank. Mm. And for me, that's, that's not it. Yeah. I mean, COVID taught us that. Yes. <laughs> it's actually so interesting that you're mentioning COVID in this conversation of being authentic, speaking your voice, having power when you are not so powerful, because I actually benefited from doing that. You know, I came into this Twitter space and I spoke my mind about the marketing industry and everybody who was influential in the space was like you need to keep quiet and you i was like no need to be the ceo <laughs> i don't need to marketing be. exactly chief marketing officer of yeah. some important brand to yeah. say that exactly Actually, half of the time those people don't make they sense they don't say anything <laughs> because they're they worried about they're worried about exactly. their job next job and what and mm. then they keep saying oh this industry is not evolving hello Look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. <laughs> That's true. Do you know what I mean? Okay, so before we end of this podcast, I've got two more questions for Ooh. you. First one, Twitter or Instagram? Uh, each platform 
delivers different things mm-hmm. you know and oh gosh i am so blessed that i've been on radio before all these social media uh, platforms came on and i've seen the diff- you know all of them in the different formats uh, you know do different things you know twitter is almost like radio to me Mm. Yeah, I treat it like yes, that. Yeah, I treat it, it like that. I treat it like a radio. It's like I need the information. I need it now. It's instant. Um, there's interaction. There's interaction, and you know I can take a bit of what I see here and go build on it. Mm. You know, and 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 it grows. Um, just like you know on radio, because it was radio and television and in a newspaper. You know what I mean? Like in the newspaper, they have to wait overnight to print it. Mm. You know, television, same thing. They, you know, if it's not live, you know, it has to be edited. Whereas on radio, you know, you just I, can, go. I just go with it as much as I have limited time, but I can, you know, so I treat it like that. So between Twitter and Instagram, I love Twitter. <laughs> I'm with you there. I love, I love Twitter too. Instagram, Instagram. I don't know. I don't know how to do the Instagram thing mm. like very well. Cause I just think uh, it's like, I feel like you need to, you need to really curate on Instagram. Yes. It's too much work. Yeah. Yeah. It's just too much work. It's like, my nose must be perfect. Yeah. My, must be, and I'm just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm the same. I'm, yeah. I just do it like that. And yeah. the last question is if you could meet younger Penny now, Knowing what you know, what would you tell her? Leave the country. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you so spicy, though? Gosh, I should have left. Oh, I should have left. Gosh, I would be in America. You would all be celebrating. <laughs> Y'all are disgusting. Oh, wow. <laughs> you would all be like, oh, that penny girl, man. Mm. She was, yeah. Uh, I'm kidding, Sham. You know, I wouldn't have. I actually wouldn't have left the country. Um... Um, what would I say to younger Penny? Ah, just do it. Even if you're afraid, you know, piss them off, whatever. Mm. (laughs) So basically be you. Yeah. Because that's exactly who you are. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, and I'm grateful that I can be here and be able to say it that way, Mm. you know, because, um, what's different is, you know, because I'm, I was not singing or, Dancing. Or acting or dancing, you know, I, you know, I couldn't attach it to like an act. Mm. It's me. It was not, it's not fictional, you know. And, and, and once I realized that, I realized, oh, are you going to be a fictional character hmm. all the time or are you going to be yourself? Uh, so if I was a singer, I would be like, I'm selling records. I'm really not selling anything. I'm just saying, just be. <laughs> I think you're selling something. I think you're selling empowerment. I think you're selling, if I could bottle what you're selling, it would be like a can of liberation. Can you do that as a a marketer? Because people (laughs) always say to me, oh, Penny, you know, I'm like, guys, I'm like, what do you want me to sell? You want me to to say, this is what you drink to find your voice. (laughs) And and people in this country, especially and on the continent, struggle to uh, understand intellectual values yes. you know so if you're gonna dance they're like yeah, watch yeah I, have, watch I, get I, have, I get it or yeah, actor. Yeah. but then once you're just sharing thoughts and they're changing your mindset people say oh, that's eh, nothing that's nothing that's why you must wear a suit, suit yes. then you, you must, must stand on a stage yes. and speak in it's the like, queen's english because they don't understand what it looks like for someone to give you a mind 
set shifting interaction or conversation or you know so i think if you were a product it would probably be like a can of liberation like you just oh my god that's like the first time i've ever themselves. been able to like <laughs> I'm going to be saying that I'm going to say Lewis says I'm selling liberation. Yes, you are. Yeah. You certainly like, helped Yo, me. Try it out. Just be free. It's okay. Just be free. Just be free. Yeah, just take a sip. Take a sip. You try never it. know. That's true. And I think you know what? Um because we have been so colonized and we we've been so programmed. Actually, the thing that we should be fighting for is to be liberated. Yeah. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, we have to do it ourselves. Yep. Krishna Murthy says yeah. the revolution starts within it you. It starts within you. You can't change other people or you can do is change yourself. That is so true. And I see that in you actually. Oh, so thank, thank you. you so much for being such a positive and powerful force on social media, on the airwaves. It's helped women like me believe in their voices and not step back when brands say no you must speak like this i say no i know it's possible to be myself and still you know succeed and still make money and still have integrity so thank you so much penny for coming on our podcast oh let me thank you so much i appreciate that it means so much to me you know and yeah, yeah i i hope we get to interview you in the next 5 years and there's just another big story or something incredible that you are doing cuz you always are doing incredible things. Oh, I hope so too. Yeah. I really do. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs>